The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, April 29th. Um, if you love the draft content that we cranked out all throughout the weekend, um, two things. One, uh, go ahead and do us a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. We got some in there. Um, it, it's always, it, it, yeah, these are dark times. It makes me feel good as a person. So if you're listening and you want to drop a review, I greatly appreciate it. Also, if you, if you're listening and like the show and you want more draft talk and, and football content, check us out on CBS Sports HQ, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. every single weekday as, uh, I host and, uh, Sean, John and Ryan. Hang out, and we do a little Super Friends Pick 6 podcast show. Um, coming up, we'll talk to Pete Prisco, who believes that Joe Burrow will lead the Bengals to a Super Bowl. Uh, moves some teams should make after the draft. Uh, what the Patriots will do at quarterback, and much more. Check out the feed for tons of content. And uh, you know what? While you're uh, you know, while you're looking for podcasts, your team just drafted, signed upwards of 10 players. It's time to get to know them. The 247 Sports Podcast team has been putting out draft preview and reaction podcasts for NFL fans like you to meet their new players. Who better to tell you about your rookies than the reporters who covered them during their college careers? The 247 Sports Network of college team-based reporters has been covering these guys forever. So if you want to go deeper on your new rookies, check out the 247 Sport Sports NFL Draft playlist on Spotify to learn all about your new favorite players. Woo! Pete Briscoe, what's happening, buddy? Leave a nice review on Apple for me. Tell them how much you love me on this podcast. Really, don't do that because then they want me on it more. You uh, you got name checked on there the other day. Did they? What were they griping about? Uh, I don't remember specifically, but I think they were like, they were, "Love the podcast." It, I think it was somebody taking a shot at you, but I I have to go look. I'm sure it was. That's yeah. all anybody does. I mean, you, you're used to it. Uh, I don't care. You feed off of it. No, I don't. I carry. I could care either way. Believe me. <laughs> okay. You give me one, you give me a nice review, you give me a nice compliment. If I write something nice, fine. If you hate me, fine. Don't care. Uh, here, I'll read one for you. You'll like this one. Uh, this is from April 25th, 2020. Peace out 427 writes, terrible host. Host Will Brinson is terrible to listen to, consistently interrupts and cuts off more knowledgeable guests with hard-to-listen-to rants. Lack of self-awareness is truly astounding. Sad because the content is often good but ruined by Brinson. To be, clear, <laughs> to be clear, not a five star. 
That was a two star. The best part is it's a two star. Well, he gave you two stars for the. That means he likes your guests. Oh my god! I love these things. Um. Anyway, um. <laughs> that, guy, that guy must really just like like. How long do you have to listen to this? I mean, how long did you listen to this podcast before you just got sick of me? Usually, it's the other way around. Uh, well, I don't know why that makes you laugh so much. Um. Got two Corona style questions for you, Pete. One, um, do you think that the draft, so the draft was announced, uh, I like it with lime. I like my Corona with a little bit of lime. <laughs> yeah, they stopped, they had to stop making beer. Huh? They stopped making beer. Corona did. Yeah. Not very marketable right now. Yeah. I like, I like Corona Premier is my favorite. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like a good Corona. Uh, I prefer like a Modelo with a lime personally. Um, but, do you believe that the so the NFL draft was announced for April 29th uh, next year? Do you think that that was uh, a result of them trying to get get more time, or was it because of the video I put out booing Roger Goodell for having the draft on my wife's birthday? Oh, I think it's because you, Roger saw your uh, your video. There's no question about that. Definitely. I mean, my God, my anniversary is today, and I can't tell you how. By the way. I, I time things. This, I got married after the draft. See? When, you know, but my wife's birthday is in February, always at the combine. That's just part of life, Brinson. We got to deal with it, buddy. Deal with it. Roger doesn't give a crap about you. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah, that's right. And you know what? I know you know happened. me. I've known Roger for a long time. I'm going to say something to him next time I see him about you you're having the draft on your wife's birthday. <laughs> you should do it. You should, should uh, you should give him a, give him a shout and, uh, and, and hook AK up. Um, you, uh, you have been married for 20 years. It's very impressive. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Over. I got the over. For you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By about 19 years. Yeah. Um, no, you, I mean, I'm, marriage is easy for me. I don't, I never, it's not hard. It's fun. Plus, you know what? Because, like, on Saturdays, I just sit in there and watch football all day. My wife doesn't care. Yeah. Well, that would make life easier. Yeah, that would, that would certainly make your marriage easier. Um, do you think the NFL will change the process of the draft based on how things have gone? Like, so, for instance, you know, were small, like, do you think small schools were hurt by not having the pro day, et cetera, et cetera? Do you think they'll try and uh, figure out something to, to do differently moving forward? Do you think, or do you think it'll be back to normal after next offseason? Well, I can tell you this from talking to all the guys I talked to, the personnel guys, the GMs, coaches, everybody liked the idea of not being at the facility all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's been one of those unwritten rules of the NFL coaching and personnel people that if you're not at the facility, you're not working, which is garbage. You can take time to spend time with your family. And I always go back to a conversation I had a long time ago with Tony Dungy. And we were sitting at, we went, had lunch one day when he was coaching the Colts. And, and he told me, we were talking about how coaches miss so much of their kids' lives. And he said, on Friday nights, he always told his coaches, make sure you go home. I want you to go see your kids' high school games and your daughter's recitals and all that stuff. And he was always big on that. And people criticized him for it. And you know what? He won a Super Bowl. There's not there's not one way to win. And I think this has taught a lot of guys you can still still do as much work as you always do. You just work better. And they watch. I tell you what, one thing that will come out of this draft is these guys watch more tape than they've ever watched. 
because they had so much time to do it. And yet they were still able to interact with their kids and have dinner with their families. I'm telling you, I know guys that are talking about maybe working one or two days a week from home in the, in the off season when, when this is done. So I think it's, I think it's going to open a lot. It's opened a lot of eyes around the NFL that it, it doesn't have to be the way it's always been. Mm, interesting. Do you think, um, some of the, and you know, Joe Douglas has said, I, I think it was in Peter King's column, but he told him, he's like, you know, that was incredible being at home, uh, for, you know, for my first draft with my family. Uh, and you saw it all over the league. I mean, all these guys were, you know, hanging out with their kids and it looked like it was cool. Do you think, do you think we'll see some of these GMs and coaches and, uh, do this virtually moving forward? Like, I don't think it'll be widespread. Like, let's assume that the draft is, is held as quote unquote normal in Cleveland next year, which good luck following this draft, Cleveland. Um, do you think that everybody will go to Cleveland? Do you think that pe- people will be in the facility? Will some guys stay at home and zoom, zoom in? How do you think that'll play out? No, I think they'll be back in the facility, back in their war rooms. It's easier to, to be in your war room with, you know, 20 guys than it is to be in your, at home communicating with, you know, five. So I, I think they'll be back in the war room. But I, I'm just talking about the process leading up to the draft and the offseason. You know, I, look, there are coaches in this league that would make guys stay in the office on a Friday in June just for the sake of staying in the office on Friday in June. And coaches would sit at their computer back in the day and play solitaire just to make it look like they were working because they didn't want to be that guy. Right. So I think you got to reevaluate it. I think, you know, this is taught I'm t- I'm serious. I think this has taught guys a valuable lesson that you can still have family time and work. And I think that's that's the biggest most important thing that's come out of this and the draft to go back to being the same draft. You know, remember all the hubbub a week ago? Oh, there's going to be technical glitches. Everybody I talked to said it went off without any problems whatsoever. It was the easiest one of the easiest things that they've ever had to do. So, yeah, the idea the idea that like there were going to be a bunch of glitches was always kind of dumb. I mean, it's just it's pretty basic technology. Like everybody's parents are out there running Zoom calls. You got to remember though, Will in the NFL. Do you remember when the Cowboys punter hit the hit the uh, scoreboard <laughs> that one day? Yeah, and everybody, oh my God, it's the end of the world. They're gonna have to move the scoreboard. What are they Has that been an issue? Never. The same I, type of thing. We yeah. create mountains out of molehills in the media, and half the time they never even come close to growing. All right. Well, this is a legitimate one. The schedule release uh, is supposed to be May 7th or May 8th. I think there has been a lot of chatter about pushing that release back. Uh, John Oren of the Sports Business Journal reported that there is some concern in the NFL and in, you know, in, the, in the league office that releasing the schedule on May 7th uh, would be seen as a power play against like governors like Gavin Newsom, who have been uh, of California, who've been outspoken and saying that the you know there won't be sports in the fall. And th- nobody can know that, so it's it's silly for one well, side. Gavin Newsom say- knows him because he keeps saying it. I wonder why. But anyways, that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, my point being, Pete, do you think there could uh, do you do you think that the NFL will push back the schedule release? Do you think we'll see a a different type of schedule? Do you think that what sort of impact do you think this will have on the NFL constructing the schedule? Well, I, I think that the schedule makers are doing it different ways. They're looking at, let's say, um, that the season's delayed. Yeah. 12 and, weeks or something. Yeah. And, and, and as one guy told me in the league, he said, look, if the schedule comes out and you see all the games from the conference, the opposite conference division that you're playing in the non, first four non, non-divisional matchups. Right. Well, not, not non-divisional, but the other conference too. Right. 
right. So, like, the AFC South, I think, could play the NFC North this year. The NFC North games would be first in the first four weeks for the AFC South teams. And that would make it so that if they have to lop it off four weeks, then you could go and play the 12-week schedule and still not lose your division games or your conference games. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be something that they would consider. If that comes out that way, then it would be a sign that the NFL is a little worried. If it comes out that it's a normal schedule, then as the NFL is apt to do, we're playing on, baby. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think I, – I think they'll push back the schedule release a little bit. Just maybe, maybe the schedule release. It, look, the way things are looking right now, it's looking like June 1 might be opening up. And if that's the case, why why rush to put the schedule out in May when it does look like you said something that would be uh, a, not a good look for the NFL? Although in the past the NFL's done stuff in the past that they, was not a good look. But <laughs> the NFL uh, the NFL doesn't typically. Okay. Well, you know, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend the NFL here. Everybody killed them. Oh, the draft. How could they have the draft? They move on. They're gonna have the draft. Oh my God. Oh my God. They're so they're so uh, disrespectful to everyone. No. The draft went off well. It came across well. It humanized a lot of things. It, it taught us that you can do things from home and not be in the office. And people needed it. Yeah. Let's be honest. No, so, I, I agree. I, the, the, I think there was a lot of uh, loud uh, hand-wringing and, and, and complaining about the NFL from certain sites, PFT, that we won't mention, that, um, you know, that we're talking about free agency and the draft. Like, you know, this is the worst thing since the JFK assassination. It, it was fine. It were, you know, the free agent stuff, people not being able to visit is sort of a problem, but like you couldn't be starting free agency right now with the draft coming up in June. I mean, they, they did a good job with it. And I thought the draft, the draft was awesome. It was a fantastic. I don't, I'm not in one much into politics. Okay. And I don't get into politics, but I don't understand the whole idea of almost people in our business rooting against sports. Mm -hmm. I don't get that. I mean, we get to the point where sometimes I get people like, why would you not want the draft to go off? That was a great four days. I and, and for us at CBS Sports HQ and and everything on our site, CBS Sports, like we we killed it, yep. and people wanted it, they craved it, and we had fun. It gave us some for the this past month was focused and driven, and everybody went to work and put their head down and did it. And I think that we gave the fans something that they wanted. So why would we not want that? I, I I agree with you. Uh, I do think there are, um, yeah, things get a little muddled out there when you start letting agendas come into play. Oftentimes, that's how I would phrase that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Good good schedule talk. What uh you know you mentioned the draft and how we killed it. You uh you borderline went viral in the greater Cincinnati skyline chili uh, eating area when you you said on CBS Sports HQ that you guaranteed. Joe Burrow would win a Super Bowl with the Cincinnati Bengals in his first 10 years as their quarterback. Yeah, and uh, that has kind of gone viral, hasn't it? I, I'm half expecting people to start sending me uh, Skyline packages of Skyline chili or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, which one do you get when you get Skyline chili? You just get the chili or you get the – how many layers do you get? Because you know there's a bunch of different layers. I don't eat that stuff. You've never had it. You had to try it. I've had it. I don't like it, though. Wow, he's going all in on Cincinnati. Well, I lash on Skyline. I don't, I don't get it. Like if I, if I, if I want to eat spaghetti noodles, I'm gonna, you know, if I'm gonna eat chili, I'll just eat a bowl of chili. If I'm eating spaghetti, I, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm usually with you, but I don't mind that one on the spaghetti. But I don't. That's about where the piling up ends. I don't want cheese on it and all the other stuffs. And so, but 
But yeah, I mean, look, I like the Bengals roster. I think the Bengals are moving in the right direction. I really do. You look at it. So here's their first round picks this year. Joe Burrow, Jonah Williams. That's a hell of a, that's a hell of a coup right there. You get a starting quarterback and a starting left tackle. Joe Mixon last year in the last seven, six, seven games was outstanding. I think the offensive line will be better. Uh, I do think that when you look at the receiving group, you get AJ Green will be there for at least a year. You get T Higgins to replace him if he leaves. Boyd can do his thing. John Ross can run. I mean, you look at that group, it's outstanding. You go to the defensive side of the ball and they got a good front four. Reader and, and, uh, and, and Geno Atkins inside, Sam Hubbard, uh, Carlos Dunlop. That's a good four. The linebacker, I love the linebackers they drafted, Logan Wilson especially. And the secondary's got good players. And, and so I do think they're moving in the right direction. It won't happen overnight, but they're going to be a good football team in a couple years. Uh, how many, what, what, I mean, I just breached this, uh, on yesterday's show, I think, but what would you define as, as a successful season for the Bengals? This year? Yeah. Six wins. Okay. And like six wins and Joe Burrow looks awesome. Yeah. Six wins. Joe Burrow looks awesome. By the way, Zach Taylor, I like him as a coach. And Duke Tobin, the guy who makes the personnel moves in an organization, doesn't get the credit he deserves. People will kill him. Keep, kill the organization. Go back and look at their drafts and you tell me in recent years if their drafts weren't pretty good. Yeah, I know. I mean, he, he's done a very good job since he got more power and turn, and like, and more resources to, to like open up the scouting department. It is weird that, you know, cause Mike Brown's the president. People are like, Mike Brown's taking Joe Burrow. It's like, well, he's not really doing the drafting there. I mean, he's not, right? No, but he's involved though. He's involved. Don't fool yourself. He's involved. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Pete loves the Bengals. And, uh, what do you think about the, um, Tom Telesco was on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday. And he said, if Tua, if, if Herbert had been drafted by the, uh, Dolphins, that the Chargers would have taken Tua. Think about that. Yeah, I had heard that. I had heard that leading up to it. If, if Herbert went first, then they were going to, at the fi- you know, at the end, they, they were going to take him. So, uh, yeah, I, I, look. You gotta get a quarterback if you don't have one. If you, if you don't have that position solved, you gotta get one. Now, whether it's Herbert or Tua and they're both risky, you gotta take them. You gotta try and fix the position. I'm a big believer in that. Unless, of course, unless you have one, uh, like there was a star quarterback who went to the championship game last year, then you don't need to take a quarterback because that's just dumb. Why not, why not wait a year? For who? For, I don't know, see if you can get Lawrence. Because you, every time you wait, then you're going to go, okay, I'm going to wait again. And then the next year, I'm going to wait again. And then I'm going to wait again. You end up with nothing. You end up with nothing. Well, you got to take, you got to take your shot. Okay. The Dolphins, didn't the Dolphins wait? I guess the Dolphins tanked for Tua, technically. Dude, what did you think about the whole, um, the, uh, the, the whole smokescreen thing? Cause I talked about it. Like it ends up being this, like they got him at five, but do they really need to smokescreen anybody? You know, uh, T- Telesco said too, he's like, I'm not going to get in, you know, he told McAfee, he's like, He's like, I mean, you know, we, you know, we listen to all this, the stuff and we hear it. And we're, you know, we're doing our research. And you get to believe what you believe. He's like, didn't really buy into the idea they were going to take a line minute at number three. But, uh, but you know, he, he thought there's a chance they might move up. I didn't think they were moving up to take a lineman. If they, you don't move up ever into the top three or four to go get a lineman. You move up to go get a, a quarterback, period. And they didn't. And they, it fell to them. And they had to take him. Look, as much as I don't think he's, the greatest pick in the world, as much as you don't think Justin Herbert's the greatest pick in the world, those two teams had to take a quarterback. They had to. Um, but the Packers didn't. <laughs> That's just, neither did the Eagles. <laughs> uh, which one do you hate more? 
the uh, the uh, Jordan Love pick by the Packers or the Jalen Hurts pick by the Eagles? Both equally. I think they're bad. I think they're bad picks. And it's nothing to do with the quarterbacks because I think Jordan Love probably should have been a first-round pick, and he might end up being a really good quarterback someday. I think, But not in Green Bay. He's not going to play. When's he playing? People say two years. Is Rodgers done in two years? I don't see that. Uh, Bob McGinn, longtime personnel man, uh, or no, not personnel man, longtime, uh, you know, beat writer for the, for the, for the Green Bay Packers, uh, wrote this today on the athletic or on Tuesday at theathletic.com. The, uh, the Packers infatuation with love didn't mesh with what his value seemed to be around the league. Talented or not, he had a disappointing year for Utah State in 2019. Many doubts have been raised about love. One thing he isn't is a can't-miss prospect. Public niceties aside, my sense is LaFleur, fresh from a terrific 13-3 and baptismal season, simply had enough of Rodgers' act and wanted to change the narrative. With a first-round talent on the roster, the Packers wouldn't gain leverage with their imperial quarterback and his passive-aggressive style. Well, I mean, Aaron can be a pain now, but I mean, <laughs> why don't you, why don't you build around the guy? Give him some weapons. Give him another weapon. His number two receiver was Alan Lazard last year. The Jaguars cut that guy. Yeah. I mean, that, that shouldn't happen. So that's why I didn't like the move. It's not an indictment of love. And I hate the Eagles move. That's just, you're drafting based on your quarterback getting hurt. That's just dumb. Uh, I don't care if the, you can point to the accident all you want. Um, and I can't wait to see Debo's face on this. The Nick Foles accident. You can't count on that garbage happening much in, in ever in the NFL. So, uh, you can't count on it. Debo's getting mad. I'm not, yeah. if it's an accident, whatever, it's the best accident of my life. I'm fine with it being <laughs> an accident. That is completely fine with me. It happens. But you don't draft, you don't draft in the second round with the idea that your starting quarterback is getting hurt. I don't think that's the primary reason for, I think there's a lot of reasons that's part of it, but I don't think that's the, the only reason they made that pick. Well, what's the reason then, Debo? I think he's gonna be used very well as an offensive weapon. He's a, he's a long-term asset. They can flip that in a year or two. And he so take your take your quarterback who you just paid a mega deal to off the field and let the weapon play. Well, uh, I I like the Jalen I like the Jalen Hurts pick a lot more than the Jordan Love pick because a you can use him outside of just you know being a backup quarterback. So like you can get some value pulled out of him immediately as a, as an offensive. He's not weapon. that fast, by the way. He's a four six guy. Yeah, he can run well, but and also again like. I mean, the Eagles did win a Super Bowl with it with a backup quarterback, and they had to play Josh McCown in a playoff game last year. And Howie Roseman at least has been consistent throughout his, you know, since he took over. Uh, you know, go, pay, go pay Jameis, like the Saints are doing. Well, that, that's 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 a perfectly fine argument. I'm just saying that he has been consistent about investing at the quarterback position and the backup quarterback because position. all their other needs are filled. They don't need any other positions. Still. I mean, and look, the other thing about the Packers too that I think I think. Um, uh, is sort of an underrated point here. They so they used a fourth round pick. They gave them a fourth round pick to trade up and get Jordan Love from uh, to twenty six with Miami. They didn't. They probably didn't need to trade up to get him. I get it. You got to pay the price to go get your guy. But the the trickle down effect of that to me was that when you're sitting there at sixty two or whatever they were, where they took AJ Dillon, they didn't have that fourth round pick to move up to jump up and grab a wide receiver when all the wide receivers were flying off the board. So that's sort of the error there to me by Brian Gutekunst. The uh, error is to not draft a wide receiver in the first round or a defensive lineman to help the run defense, which was putrid last year. 
Uh, and you take a quarterback who isn't going to be a factor for probably three years at earliest. It's just, it's just bad draft. And then you come back and you get a running back who, who you think is Derrick Henry, uh, because you had Derrick Henry in, uh, in Tennessee. So you draft a running back, you draft, draft guards, you draft, what are you going to do? You start running the ball? It's Aaron Rodgers. What are you doing? Yeah. It, 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 by all accounts, they are planning to be really, really run heavy. Well, if they're run heavy, then they, if, if I find out before the season they're run heavy, my normal prediction of Packers in the Super Bowl will get scratched off. That's just stupidity. Will you replace them with the – well, I guess they wouldn't replace them, but uh, will you have the Bills in the Super Bowl? I like the Bills. I think the Bills have a good team. I, I like what the Bills did this offseason. You get Diggs, um, you know, that adds to the offense. Then they come back and they get Epinesa in the college draft, and he's going to be a good player. I didn't love the pick of the running back, I'll be honest with you. Zach Moss, Zach Moss like, I don't mind. Slow. What's that? He's slow. Yeah, he's just, he's just a Frank Gore replacement. Yeah, I didn't love that, but I think the, I think that team's going to be really good. I really do. Uh, I mean, you're, you're at a pretty good spot in terms of predicting them to win the AFC East in 2020 before the 2019 season. Like that, they're plus 140 and the Pats are plus 100. Uh, and that's just a, out of respect to Belichick that they're, that the Bills aren't favored. Do, but, by the way, one quick thing on Jalen Hurts, two GMs told me they had fifth round grades on him. Wow. I mean, no, you know, and, and I don't, look, I think he's better than a fifth round pick. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I just don't, I think that's a luxury pick. That's a luxury pick. You don't draft for luxury. You draft because you gotta find people to help your football team. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. So he's got a By the way, up on the Patriots real quick. Another guy told me yeah. that they're tanking for Trevor. Well, so Jason Lockenfour has said that previously. You think, like a, like a personnel person told you that? Yeah. Here, think about this for a second, and here's the theory. They tank for Trevor. Yep. These picks are all, a lot of these picks are all projections that they had this in this draft, and some will hit and some won't, but they're filling the roster. They had a lot of picks. They tank for Trevor. They draft Trevor Lawrence. Belichick coaches him one or two more years, maybe wins a Super Bowl with him, and then turns the team over to Steve Belichick. <laughs> that would be insane. And That's a th- I mean, it's an interesting theory. And, and by the way, the son supposedly – isn't just a guy who got a job because he knew his dad. Everybody talks about how great a coach that kid's going to be. That's three straight generations of incredible Belichick coaches. Yeah. It's amazing. I know. Um, that, I mean, that would be like, that is some the five D level chess. If they were able to pull that off where they grab Lawrence. I mean, like I've, my problem is Pete, I don't, a, as you just pointed out, you just can't go get the guy next year. It's not that, it's not that easy. Although they're, you know, pretty saturated quarterback market right now. And B, I just don't know that, to, that, that Bill Belichick has it in his bones to tank. I don't either. That's what I would say. But here's the other thing. They're, why would you go out and get a quarterback when you play Stidham and find out what he is? If sure. Stidham, if they think he's good, then they have their guy. If he's not good, they're going to be terrible and you're going to get Trevor Lawrence. That's fair. I mean, it would, what would it do to Bill Belichick's, uh, Nothing. See. Zero. Nothing. They go, two, they go two and fourteen after Tom Brady leaves, and Tom wins the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. It doesn't matter. It's, that does nothing to him. It would um, be chatter. I win the Super Bowl either, but nothing. Um, if he's playing a quarterback who's never started before, now if he goes out and gets Andy Dalton or something, and he starts, and they go two and fourteen, that's a major indictment. If he gets Jared Stidham as a starting quarterback, and he goes two and fourteen, means nothing. After the break, we'll talk about why the Pats didn't draft a quarterback. 
Finger out sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, so uh, Cody Benjamin wrote a uh, post-draft moves team should make an article on the site. Um, sh- yeah, one, of the, one of them was that the Colts should or the Patriots should trade for Jacoby Brissett. Uh, buy, sell that idea, Pete. And what do you think the Pats' actual plan is at quarterback? I think they're going to play Stidham, and I think they're okay with it. And then you know what? I would be too. I'm like, I don't think they're a great team. I don't think that a quarterback like Andy Dalton or or Cam Newton puts them into the Super Bowl. So why not play Stidham? If you hit, what if they found out he was the next Tom Brady? I mean, they got lucky with Tom Brady. Let's be honest. The whole dynasty is based on luck. They drafted him in the sixth round and took a quarterback before him in the same round. It's based on dynasty. That luck, the whole dynasty. So what, what if they got lucky again on Stidham? I mean, I, they've done a really good job of evaluating developing quarterbacks. Like, even so, though they haven't all panned out, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter in the league. Jacoby Brissett was a starter in the league. You know, Matt Castle went and got, uh, was on a Pro Bowl. Uh, it made the Pro Bowl when he, when he went with the Chiefs when they traded him. I mean, they, Brian Hoyer has had success as both a starter and a backup. Like, a lot of dudes who came through New England have been good quarterbacks. So I sort of trust the idea that, um, but I think that Stidham would probably be like Tom Brady was in his first three years when he was a game manager. But, right, but if he shows that he's capable of playing and he's not great, and then you have your guy. If he's terrible, then you get Tank and, and you get Trevor. Sure. I mean, do, I mean, do you think that – you think failing for Fields. Failing for – there are yeah, – Fields is good too. Some people like Fields over Lawrence. I'm not buying that. No way. Yeah. Lawrence would go ahead of Joe Burrow if he went this year. Yes, he would have been the number one overall pick. Yes, no question. He's he's the he's the can't miss guy. He's the Andrew Luck, the yep. um, you know John Elway. He's that guy. He's there's it's uh Peyton oh it's Elway Peyton Luck and then like Lawrence would be the closest thing I think. Yeah. Um, where do you think Cam Newton goes? 
Because I, you know, I, mean, I was asked that Jim Rome asked me that today on his show, and I don't, I don't have an answer for him. And you know what? You talk to guys around the league; they don't have an answer either. He asked me last week. Rome asked me last week. I didn't have it. I was like, I don't know. Like, I when, have, when, I don't, where, where? I, I said Philly would have been an option. Yeah. Would Philly not have been better off getting Cam Newton for veteran minimum than draft, using a second round pick on Jalen Hurts? I think they would have. Uh, how about the Chargers aren't going to do it now? Nope. So where does he go? I, I can tell you, I don't think Jacksonville will do it. Where where does he go? Because the, the problem is, like, if you if you're like Washington or Jacksonville, and you have a younger quarterback, you know, or even New England, and you have a younger quarterback that you want to give an extended look to, it's difficult to bring in Cam Newton because not only you know does he have, does the guy have to beat out a potentially healthy Cam, but then if he does if he does or if Cam's not healthy enough to start right away. And the, the young kid struggles, there will be a crazy clamoring for Cam to come off, you know, come off the bench and to play. And right. the players the- will gravitate because his name is Cam Newton. They'll start gravitate to him, toward him. And if the kid struggles in a game or in a preseason game, then they'll all be calling for Cam Newton to play. That, that, that doesn't, if you're going to play the young quarterback, that doesn't work at all. Um, I, I agree completely. How about the, uh, I think, uh, uh Kobe, Co- Kobe, Cody mentioned the Cardinals for Cam. I think Campbell's somewhere where he can like have a chance to play. And you're not playing if Kyler's there. Or he's going to go somewhere and do what Teddy Bridgewater did and sit for a year and then see what happens after this year. Well, that's that seems to be what Jameis is doing if he goes to New Orleans, right? Like, well, okay, but let, let's just spin it forward, those guys, for next year. Where do the jobs open up? Maybe Indianapolis. Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Indianapolis, New England. Well, Indy drafted Easton. Yeah, that's true. Fourth uh, round, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Indy, Jacksonville, where else? Um, Washington, maybe. Maybe Washington, sure. Yeah, like if Dwayne Haskins stinks this year, right? You know, maybe Cam- Washington. Yeah. Where else? Uh, Green Bay. Detroit. Um, yeah, could be Detroit. But like, okay, let's just say Brady went to Tampa, won a Super Bowl, and quit. Jameis isn't going back there. <laughs> no. If Brady wins a Super Bowl, he's coming back for twenty twenty one. I, yeah, I think he's coming back anyways, but, but there aren't that many options. Yeah. So it's tough. Yeah. Uh, what about, um, we already mentioned the Packers, but, uh, could the, pa- uh, uh, Cody suggested the Packers could trade for Kenny Stills. Do they that need to interesting. get a little speed there? Yeah. They do like some of the younger receivers. I mean, you know, uh, you know me. Last summer, I talked to those guys. Rogers thought Valdez Scanling was going to have a monster year. So did Devontae Adams. And it didn't happen. For whatever reason, it just did not happen. So he's still got that big playability. Just he's got to get focused and, and become something. Uh, I think, you know, tight end wise, they like Sternberger, mm-hmm. and I think he has a chance to be a pass catching tight end. So they got some young guys. I still, still would have added to it. I think it would, that would have been better served adding to that. I mean, their top by like by receptions, it was Devontae Adams with 83, Aaron Jones with 49, Jamal Williams with 39, Jimmy Graham with 38, Alan Lazard with 35, and Gerardo Allison with 34. That is wrong. Yeah, Valdez Scanling was one of the biggest disappointments of the entire season. For sure, he was. He was. Everybody was sort of thinking he might be a breakout star, and it did not happen. Um, what about the uh, What about the Cowboys? What do you think about this? Did you like the CD Lamb pick? It's going strength on strength. Or do, you, do you think they needed to go somewhere else and look for need? Um, I understood. I understood it. My only concern with it is they're the same guy, him and Amari Cooper. Yeah. Neither one's a burner. They're both good with the ball under their arms. 
Um, and I don't think that they have much difference. So now you have three, the three receivers will be who? Him, Gallup, and Cooper. Jimmy Lamb, Gallup, and Cooper. That's not fast though. Yeah, that's, but is that, is that the best wide receiver group in the league? No. No. Who's better? Well, I mean, you're talking about a rookie. First off, you don't know what he's going to be. He's going to be good. Oh, okay. Is, is Judy going to be good? Yeah. So Judy, Sutton, and Hamler. I mean, you can throw, you want to start throwing, I mean, you don't know who these rookies are going to be. <laughs> um, I didn't like the lamb. I mean, I wouldn't have taken lamb there. I'll tell you what, though, a lot of guys liked him. I wouldn't have taken him there. Okay. Uh, the, um, are you worried about this offseason impacting Dak Prescott's ability to get used to Mike McCarthy's offense? A little bit you have to be concerned about, but there is virtual learning. I mean, you know, look, the whole country is involved in virtual learning right now, and NFL quarterbacks should be able to learn virtually as well. What's not going to happen is the ability to go out on the field and implement this stuff, and that that's always a concern. I'm sure Dak Prescott has a lot of the offense already. He might, you know, even though he's not technically part of the roster, he he has – Plenty of that offense, I would imagine, already. Uh, a la Joe Burrow, maybe having a little bit of the Bengals offense before the draft. Or like uh, Tom Brady going over to Byron Leftwich's house yeah. to hang out. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Yeah. Did you, yeah. did you get in trouble? Everybody's doing it. They, it. That's a thing. Everybody, if you get caught, you get caught, but everybody does it. Did you Did you approve it from a social distancing standpoint? Uh, I didn't see, were they that close? I didn't see how close I, they were. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Well, now, you know, that's what's going to happen now when people go, oh my God, social distance, violator, you're a violator. Throw <laughs> in jail. He's a social distancing violator. See, for me, social distancing has always been a way in my life because I don't like people. So it's perfect. Like when I go into, I've told you this story, Brinson. If I go into a movie theater and somebody sits within like a row behind me, I get up and move to another row. I don't want anybody near me. <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm great for social distancing. I go to a restaurant, like okay, I'll give you an example. What, what's the Cheesecake Factory has this seating in their restaurant where if you have two people, they sit right on top of each other. Have you ever gone there? No, I've never eaten at a Cheesecake Factory. Have you, Debo? Have you ever been at a Cheesecake? Yeah, no, factory? I, I know it's just it's very close. The proximity is very close. So you know what I do when I go to the Cheesecake Factory? If I go, I would tell them now that I would go, I've only done it once or twice. I got a party of five, even if it's only a party of two. So I get the big table and I don't have to sit near people. See, I got, I'm a social distancing. I, my life is social distancing. You're natural, you're natural beach, social distancing. Oh yeah. If I go to the beach and I think somebody puts their blanket or chairs too close to me, I get up and move. This is my space, people. <laughs> It seems like you're uh, the one always inconvenienced if you're the one that always has to move or shift your way of life. I don't care. I'm moving. I don't care. Uh, what, I mean, I, I'll, of course, I'll, I'll grumble at him. Is, like, is that the only place you could sit right on top of me? <laughs> Pete also kicks the back of airplane chairs. What were you like in like media scrums in the locker room? Oh, I had many a good one. The camera guy would always like hit me with the camera. I'd go, get that thing out of my face, please. <laughs> I was always – I wasn't one to get much in media scrums, though. I used to wait until it went away, and then I'd go in and go in to have my own little private conversation. Mm. That's where you always got the good stuff. Uh, hey, should the Bears exercise the fifth-year option on Mitchell Trubisky? Yes. Mm. Just in case he has a good year? Correct. Do you think he has a good year? No. Is he toast? Well, the other guy's no good either, though. 
the the former backup in Philly. Yeah, he's not any good. He stinks. <laughs> he, he had he had an accident happen once in a lifetime. My God, what what kind of deal he made to get that? And let's not forget if Keanu Neal picks the ball off in the Falcons game and that run never happens and Nick Foles' accident never happens. It doesn't happen like. Tim Tebow's accident happened against uh, the Steelers. They're all accidents. They're not sustainable. Will, I am so rattled right now, I want you to play the music. <laughs> I don't have it plugged in. <laughs> Pete, do you know about the new sound clip that we've got that we got added to uh, to the podcast? Basically, whenever somebody gets dunked on, and uh, since you just dunked on Debo. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I do that. Like even in the office, I'll just walk by and just take a little shot at the Nick Foles, and he gets all mad. I mean, after all, the guy did cry when they won, so I get I can understand him getting mad about it. Tom, did Tom. you see? Well, the reason the reason we have that audio clip though is because um, the other day, it was like two days ago, uh, Dickie V tweets out um, he, like a link to a CBS Sports article. And, uh, he said, what, what did he say specifically? He was talking about, it was a breach article, I think. And he said, uh, said, uh, oh, here it is. Oh, uh, no. God, he's been tweeting out a ton of links. Dickie V, a busy, busy tweeter here. He, he yeah, basically. Called, me to believe he's bored. Yeah, he must be bored. I and mean, this guy has been, uh, this guy is prolifically tweeting. This is out of control. Uh, but he tweeted something along the lines of like, Leave, like, leave Tom Brady alone, cause Breach is writing about how Tom Brady was possibly gonna get in trouble. He's like, leave Tom Brady alone! He's like, the know-nothings of the world wanna come get a guy like Tom, it's ridiculous! He didn't call out John Breach specifically, but, but because of that, um, that's why we, uh, that's why we included the Dick Vitale. Yeah, my little, my little digs at Debo are, uh, unbelievable in the office. And then, and then, I have to give him some, uh, some dating advice about going to a high-end restaurant on your first date. Oh, what, what'd you do, Debo? I went to a restaurant and split a steak for like $60, and Pete thinks that is out of control, way too no, much, no, way no, overboard no, no, no. for a first date. Went there with the idea on your very first date that you were taken to a fancy restaurant. You were both going to eat expensive steaks. And my theory on going out and on a date for the first time is take her for beer, beers and burger or beers and wings, and if she doesn't like it, then that ain't the girl for you. Mm. Can't do that anymore, Pete. Now it's all virtual. You got it, but you got it. You also got to. You don't want to set the bar too high financially. Well, I mean, if the, let's put it this way: if you're taking the girl out and she cares where you're going, then she doesn't give a crap about you. So go sit in the bar, put a game, go to watch a game with her, and have beers and wings. And if it doesn't work, then that's not the right one for you. Then as you get deeper into the relationship, then you can take her out for a fancy dinner. Not the first date, you dummy. I love it. I miss this dating advice from Pete. I miss the office. Wouldn't you agree, Brinson? Oh, oh, what a big jam. Wallace took it in his hands and said, up, up, and away. I bet if you put a pick six podcast poll on Twitter, they would agree with me. All right. I just want to be clear. This was not a a Michelin four star restaurant. It was not over the top. It was it was above the bar beer scenario that you're talking about. But let's not let's not go overboard here. I wasn't a sixty a sixty dollar steak is a pretty big pretty yeah. between two people. That's thirty dollars. 
No, but you didn't go there with the intention of splitting it. You went there with the intention you were going to have a $60 steak and she was going to have a $60 steak. Look, it's all well and good. It's just not good first date material. It's just, who's, it's just who's? being naive. It's naive. It's thinking that the, that your date, what you're, you're taking her to will make you have a second date when the reality is if she doesn't want to go out with you again, who cares? Well, I, who who was the person that suggested splitting the steak? She did. And here's, here's my biggest red flag during that specific date. It was an Italian restaurant and she wanted to split the steak. So that was probably the biggest red flag to me, not the, the status of where we were at. What kind of steak was it? I don't remember. Like a strip? Like a prime, like. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so needless to say, there wasn't a second date. <laughs> no, there was not. Well, so if you had taken her to watch a game but, and had a few beers and had some wings, you'd got on the second. You would have got out on the second day. Seems like she's the stakes. She would have been down for beers and wings. He's speechless right now. He's absolutely speechless. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it's just like the guy. That's almost the equivalent of the guy who bought the fancy sports car because I thought he was going to get him some. Some girls. Well, if you go to a bar, nobody has your fancy knows you have a fancy sports car unless you're leaving. I think both if, of if you. You're, if you're going to call out Nick Costas, at least same by Nick. <laughs> uh, that didn't work for him either. I think you both know me well enough that that's not my uh, my angle. So, Pete, what's a what's a second date? What's a what's an ideal second date after you execute? You know, things go well during that beer game, burgers, bar. What's the second then, date? Then maybe you go out and have dinner somewhere and a couple drinks. And then, then your third date, you're heading out of town. <laughs> Jesus. <Wow. laughs> you fly into the Bahamas. What about like, uh, what about an, uh, activity, Pete? Like, uh, like mini golf or, or something along those lines. When That's does that fall bowling. in? Back in the day, you used to go bowling before you realized, like me and Brinson were talking about the other day. Bowling is out. Shoes and putting your, your hands in a bowling ball. I mean, it's so disgusting. Bowling, the bowling industry might be done. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not renting shoes ever again. I mean, Diva, would you go bowling and rent shoes? The last date I was on was bowling, actually, before yeah. before the pandemic hit. Wow. The last I mean, date was like, bowling. I never, I never thought about. We started talking about Pete. Like, it's like you're you're jamming three fingers in a community ball that's like running through this like. I mean, it's like if you don't want like a place to spread viruses and infections, a bowling alley is prime. That's. I mean, if you really, even all of us have gone bowling in the days, and you don't even think about putting the shoes on, but when you really think about, it, but you do have socks on. I just want to make it clear, if Jennifer is out there listening, I, I would go on a second date, the one that wouldn't that stopped after the steak. Steak splitter. I would go the steak splitter, Jennifer. I would go on a second date after this is over. I promise you she's not listening to this podcast. I promise you. Wait, is it, um, it is, wait, what, so was it you, like, you did the first date and then this all happened or like? Oh no, or, it was, it was probably done before, uh, Corona hit. Who, who, who do we think is the non, her or you? Who's, who's the one, who's socially distancing here? Oh, she socially distanced the hell out of him. <laughs> <laughs> She order like a yeah. water. No, I took I took her lead on the the drinking thing. She said, uh, that, that, "There's your there's your problem. If you'd have been a man and ordered your drink, I'm your, drinking whether you are or not." 
Did your mean, stomach sink when you're like, oh, there's always a chance that maybe she had been to rehab before. <laughs> you know what? You, you know, then you would feel bad if you ordered one. So you have to ask that question. <laughs> I, 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 after this, those aren't the questions I'd be asking. I don't know if I, I'm not taking advice from you. I, I was, I was, <laughs> I was leaning towards it a little bit. I was buying in just a, a little bit. I wasn't totally sold, but I, you but lost if you me. You go on a date if you go on a date with a girl, Debo, and you go, hey, the waitress comes over and says you want a drink, and she says, no, I'm not going to have one. You don't ask why. No. I do, right out of the gate. Yeah, I don't know somebody without asking the questions. A first date for me is like a a head coach with a scripted 15 plays to start the game. I got a list of questions in my mind that I'm going to ask, and I can't go off script on a first date. Second, second date is when I start adapting. Second date, Debo. (laughs) We got script. He was like, you have have cats. You have cats. If you got cats, I'm out. Cats are weird dogs. I'm out. (laughs) It's unbelievable. (laughs) Please tell me this is not true. I I can't confirm more than I I don't it's the it's the typical stuff but I'm also I ask like off the wall questions like I don't want to share all this this is for my dating podcast download and subscribe uh, wherever I, I, podcasts no, are I, found I, I promise you you should not have a dating podcast because nobody would listen to it you have a script I mean that is beyond the weirdest thing I've ever heard on a date in my entire life <laughs> I, I need to know one question on the script there has to be one well, one of them has to be so. What do you do for a living? Is that a script question yeah, or what? I would say I would say this, Pete, that uh, having worked with Debo in his capacity as a producer and seeing the uh, in-depth way in which he prepares for each each of these podcasts, which you know, one a day, it's with me. It's not not somebody who's going to break your balls over over the preparation part of it. Uh, I would assume that Debo is not. Uh, he's just doing his diligence before the date, so he's not like, oh, like, you know, he probably just you know, checks the profile. Maybe there's a little Google search to like figure out, you know, maybe there's a factoid about somebody you would know. <laughs> no, no, like no Google search. And uh, social well, media, there's a social media like little check, but normally you have their their social media information before you go on that first date. Um, so what's, what's on the list? Give me a question on the list. What's your favorite rap album? What? Tells Who cares? Me, tells me a lot about a girl. Oh my God! I, I don't. You, you, there's you, something off on you, dude. You? Do not do a dating podcast. It's going to be a but disaster. See, this, this is why. This is why uh, this, the the steak splitter, Jennifer. Maybe she hates rap, or maybe she was like, um, you know, she's like, uh, uh, I don't. Know, I, I don't. I, I saw you glancing at your phone at your notes. Do you, you want any part of it? Here, like, <laughs> what's? I was like reading his palm. He's like, what's your favorite rap album? What's your relationship like, like with your family? Do you think Carson Wentz is a top five quarterback in the NFL? These are all parts of the list, guys. What if she said, I don't know who Carson Wentz is? That's fine. As long as she doesn't say, I root for the Cowboys, then then we're good. Look, when I met my wife, my wife wasn't a huge sports fan at all. Now she knows more NFL football than Brinson does. <laughs> <laughs> my wife hates football so much. That's not uh, a that's not a deal breaker for me. I'm not I'm not worried about that. I'm uh, not worried about you liking somebody. Now that you've given me all this information, I'm worried about somebody liking you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm just going to give you advice number one. Number one, first and foremost, get rid of the list, dude. Just be yourself. Um, if they don't like you, they don't like you. Yeah, but I, I think he's just being himself in a in a in a in a more prepared way. Pete, the like list. the rap album Eagles. That's going to send them running for the high hills. 
What did you do when you went bowling with the last date? Okay, this is the robotic way I bowl. I move my arm back and, oh, let me look at my notes. It says here, don't talk while she's bowling. <laughs> he was like, so uh, now that we've settled in for a nice dinner. You do- Who's who <laughs> your favorite bowler of all time? Is it Marshall Holman or is it Fred Flintstone? <laughs> <laughs> He pulls out a manila folder. Just a couple of questions for you. This is a survey. Did you ever watch Pete Weber scream when he bowled? That was one of my favorites. That's the question number four. Who do you think you are? I am. Yeah, I, I slide the little manila folder across the table, have her fill out the checklist. It's unbelievable. Just be yourself. Go on a date and be yourself, Debo. Yeah, and if Debo. they don't like it, and then it's not meant to be, period. Diva's number, number one question, he pulls out a, a photo of Carson Wentz, and he's like, do you know who this is? And if they say Prince Harry, he just storms out of the restaurant. <laughs> he, Prince uh, Harry's healthier. Ouch. <laughs> um, so, Pete, look, you won't be a, a, a guest on the dating pod? <laughs> if I could be a guest on your dating pod and say what I really wanted to say, it would be gold. That is that is true. It would also be explicit. So. <laughs> uh, right. I'm glad we veered when we we zigged when we were supposed to zag, but we got a lot of good stuff on. And I guarantee you, your listeners will love our dive into Debo's dating life. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this, I'm assuming Debo allows it to get to production. We'll see. We'll see uh, what makes the pod. Um, <laughs> I just want to to I don't know. The disclaimer at the end is that the list was. A joke. I'm not going in there like freaking. I'm not no, going in there like are. Andy you know Reid. I don't think it was. I think you're backtracking now because nobody could say they had a list and then it was on their phone and then now you're backtracking. That's too detailed. I'm a detective. You're too deep. You had that list. You're a liar. Pete, I know you don't like sitting close to to people, but I love to just go to Cheesecake Factory on a first date and just happen to sit right next to you and you like evaluate the whole process. Now that Ooh, would be fun. That would be fun. I feel sorry for you. I don't think I could do that. Pete, there's no chance in hell Pete could manage to like, like, be undercover for the entire date. No, okay, enough is enough. I burst out laughing, dude. It's not working. Try something else. <laughs> you know who's gonna? By the way, and you can keep this in there if you want to, because you know who's going nuts about this right now when he hears it. Eric K, your boss, Princeton. He hates when I veer off into tangent world. Uh, he'll like we got all our football questions answered, and then took a nice solid <laughs> few minutes to bang out some dynasty talk. I think he'll like it. <laughs> um, all right, let's get out of here. I gotta go do a show for CBS Sports HQ. Pete, you've got to go. Um, I, don't know. I got my hit later on. No, you gotta go spend time with your lovely wife, who's been married to you for twenty years. On- it's amazing. It's amazing. By the way, uh, yeah, I'd say I'd go spend time with her, but they need me on the six o'clock show. It's unbelievable. These guys. Uh, All right, Pete. Thanks for doing it as always, pal. All right, guys. See ya. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.